morning and welcome Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, and our toll-free number 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com, and welcome to Wednesday. And I got to tell you what, we had all kinds of things happen towards the end of the day yesterday. Uh, as we wait, we're waiting on the ADP report. It's actually late, uh, so who knows? I'm sure there's some uh, uh, smoothing out of numbers that has to occur. It, it's jobs week this week, ADP, jobless claims tomorrow, and then, of course, the government's jobs number. Uh, but yesterday, Jason, the, the, the markets were, were up. Uh, and then we had a, a bunch of Fed governors out there uh, giving some speeches, uh, talking on TV. You know, this is what, they, again, they want to try to control the narrative. Uh, but a couple of really interesting things. Number one, they said that they're going to stop providing forward guidance. And I thought, but isn't that their job? Right? Aren't they supposed to tell us uh, what they think is happening? Here, here's the reality: they're 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 foreign. Are they're, they're foreign? Their forward guidance has been so bad; it's not even worth it. So, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. They said we're just going to get rid of it, Jason. Maybe all the forward guidance is uh, uh, all bad choices, so it's better to not speak at all. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, Joe. They're, they don't want to tell us what side of bad news they need to give us. You know, well, you know, uh, that, that could, could possibly be uh, they wanted to maintain that they're tough, okay? Uh, now, this was not Jay Powell, but that what they were saying is that 25, 50, 75, and even 100 basis point rate hikes are all possible in September. So, essentially what they said is, hey, we don't know. We can do anything. 25, 50, 75, 100, this just tells you, I think, uh, the, the, the knife edge the entire economy is on. Uh, the, the Fed knows it's going to break. They're just unsure, is it going to break in this six weeks or the next six weeks? Uh, by the way, they are done, uh, like I said, with forward guidance. Uh, they, they started talking about... Uh, you know, bear markets and things of that nature, but they wanted it to be clear that they were not done raising rates and that they were a long, long, long way away from lowering rates. So kind of saying, hey, if and when we stop, because we don't know, and by the way, we're not going to give you any guidance, uh, but when we do, whatever that is, don't expect us to start lowering rates. Um, and, and Jason, I don't know. Believe it, not believe it. Uh, everything they say uh, turns out to be wrong anyway. When they say they're not going to be lowering rates for a very long time, isn't that forward guidance? Yeah, well, very. Right. <laughs> Wait, you know what? It's kind of hubris because they gave a bunch of forward guidance and yeah. then said, by the way, we're not going to do it. Hey, if there's bad news, we didn't tell it to you. Uh, we're not going to guide you there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they're. That's exactly and, what you and, described. 
and, and I don't know how many how many longs does uh, does like is each long uh, a three month? Is each long a six month? Is each long a a year? Because it was a very long, long, long period of time. So I, I don't know how how many months each long represents. Well, Could be anything. Yeah. Could well, be anything. There's no, there's right? and, there's and no forward guidance. Never, we, we, we could do anything. Yeah. Well, there's no forward guidance, so we don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. I mean, who knows? Long, long, long could mean three weeks. I, I, you know I don't know. I think I decoded it. I think when they say no forward guidance, that's, that's the Fed actually saying, I don't know. I think that's what that might be, Joe. You just got to translate Fed language. <laughs> and, and, and let's face it, they've been clueless anyway. But it, it is fun. Here's the good news. So, and again, I don't know where the ADP report is. Uh, but today, right now, we, we've got gold down $15. Not a matter. Unfortunately, this morning, gold was up. And and the prices we have are are even higher than yesterday. Uh, none of none of the wholesalers are, are lowering prices on anything. Uh, but I'm going to lower. I'm going to do this because I'm I'm hoping that I'm that I'm right on this and that they're just too lazy to send it out. Twenty dollar gold, at least for right now. I have the the right to refuse it at any moment in time. Uh, but right now, I'm going to go back to the price that was yet. Uh, well, I guess what was it? Monday's price, twenty-one ninety-five, two thousand one hundred ninety-five. Uh, this dip is not going to last. I think this is just. First of all, I like it here because we're going to get it. We we need a pullback, get a new higher high, uh, and then wait for the numbers on uh, tomorrow and Friday, and we'll see if the ADP number ever comes out. Uh, I I just don't know. Uh, wait and see, right, Joe? Wait and see, and uh, it's, it's kind of—I think that's what no forward guidance means. I, I, I love that you brought that on the show today. That's—it's—it's. Uh, it's, you know, they're just, you know, there's these Fed guys are like anybody else. They really we're, don't. We're, we're going to come out on TV and per, and, and we're going to tell you uh, about this guidance, and but then at the same time we're going to say, by the way, we're not going to be any more forward guidance. But here's some guidance. Speaking of guidance. Uh, Jason, we're gonna we got a special clip we're gonna play coming up next. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'll give you some guidance. Buy some gold and silver. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. By the way, the one thing they were successful in, uh, they did get the ten year note up two uh, eight. One uh, this morning, so a very, very uh, big move in rates. You know, the mortgage rates have been ticking down. They ended that. Uh, remember, we were talking about impossible inversion, which I don't even know if that's possible. Uh, so, so Jason, why do I think this this whole thing yesterday was more about trying to pretend that the bond market uh, isn't functioning as poorly as it really is? Yeah. Uh, it, it's rigged. It's rigged, and uh, they got to make sure that uh, it shows some semblance of, of logic because uh, a lot of the stuff that happens in markets uh, are just not logical nowadays, Joe. So we we have a a, a clip we want to play. Jason, set it all up for us. Yeah, this 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 is Joe Brown. We've been playing him a little bit. This guy, he's he's uh, 
he's like the guy you're listening to, the R. Joe, uh, except he's younger and he's 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 learning this stuff. Uh, what is obviously. he better looking? Is that what you're saying? No, he's just uh, you know I, I, he's a Joe. Why, you know? he, why, why he's younger? What we, were you implying? We have a jo- we have a Joe as a president. We have a Joe, this is Joe Brown that, that knows economics like R. Joe, Joe Jaquint. I'm just implying that it's it's interesting that uh, I compare this guy to a young version of of R. Joe. Uh, he's really uh, good at putting everything together, and then and then presenting a very easy to swallow presentation. Now this one's a little long, and I, I want to get the whole thing in during the show because it's this good. He's going to cover uh, how corrupt our government is. We don't do a lot of politics on the show, but he's he say we have oligarchy. I say we have oligarchy. You have one government. You don't really have two sides. You don't have choice. And uh, he's going to define that. He's going to talk about the two types of inequality, real inequality, and that. It's not as bad. In fact, inequality is a good thing. Economic freedom indexes, he'll cover very shortly. Trading with insider information. Tax loss harvesting. It's, it's, it sounds like a lot of hard-to-understand stuff, Joe, but it, he, he presents it in such a way. And he's going to give an example. And when you guys listen to the example that he puts in about 10 minutes in, it's just going to steam, steam you uh, red because we know that the government is corrupt. We know these guys in Washington do bad things, and that the Fed and everybody else, everybody over there, it is it's a cesspool. But when you get to, you get a, a solid, a solid example of what's going on, and he he'll bring in the term life and death. The decisions they're making is causing people to die. When you when you start to see it this way, Joe, it's 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 crazy, and it's 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 it's, it's well uh, needed listening, Joe. All right, let's go for it. All right, here we go, Joe Brown. It's time for the American oligarchy to end. Now, you might think that I'm being hyperbolic by calling it an oligarchy, but an oligarchy is just a small group of people who have control of a country, an organization, or an institution. And as I will show in this video, that is exactly the state that this country is in right now, with a group of politicians and a group of wealthy elite individuals who scratch each other's back to, number one, enrich each other, and number two, make sure they stay in power. And no, this is not an issue of inequality. No, this is not an issue of unfairness. And no, this is not an issue of even just morality. If you stick around to the end, I will show you why this is actually a matter of war, a matter of life and death. Stick around, because this one is a wild ride. There are two different types of inequality. There is inequality where somebody has skin in the game, and there is inequality from somebody who is a bureaucrat. I'm going to point out a couple excerpts from Nassim Taleb's book, Skin in the Game, and keep in mind this was written before 2020, when I think something in his brain just snapped. Nassim Taleb points out that there are two different types of inequality. One, people to tolerate. They become a fan of, a famous singer's like Bob Dylan or very brilliant people like Socrates. They imitate them and are a fan of them. They don't resent them. The second inequality is from a person who seems to be just like you, but they are playing the system. And because of that, they get extremely rich. They're bankers, bureaucrats, senators shilling for the evil firm Monsanto. The way I like to visualize this is you have two people who start a job together. They've got the same level of education, they're the same age, they've got the same experience, and they both start out in this job in the exact same position. 
Person A, let's call him Bill, decides to do nothing but the bare minimum. Takes all his vacation days, takes all of his sick time, shows up on time, leaves as soon as his shift ends, and does nothing extra. Person number two, let's call him John, decides that he's going to show up early, stay late, never take a day off, do projects in addition to his main job, main responsibilities, go above and beyond, do everything extra. Now, in scenario A, if John gets the promotion first, nobody's going to be upset. Literally, everybody with a rational brain would look at that and say, "Yes, there deserves to be some inequality in pay here because he's doing more, therefore he should get more." That. Inequality would be good, but let's say there's a second scenario where you find out that Bill's dad is the CEO of the company, and therefore Bill gets the promotion first, even though he did not deserve it. This is inequality, and this is the inequality that people rightfully despise. Now, it's important to recognize that around the world, situations like that are sometimes a lot more common than they are in other places. For instance, in America, about 10% of Americans will spend at least a year in the top 1%. Further, if you look at the wealthiest 500 American people, only 10% of them. Or so, 30 years ago, compared to French, it was 60 percent, and a third of the richest Europeans were also the richest centuries ago. This shows that in America, at least right now, or at least a few years ago, compared to places in Europe, it's a lot easier to work your way up the ladder because there is mobility in income and wealth. You have a high chance of moving up compared to other places in the world. You also have a high chance of moving down. You've got risk of losing it all. Now, this is important to recognize, but it is also important to recognize that things are changing and not in the right direction. America is supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yet, when we look at an index that classifies countries by their rankings of economic freedom, we don't even see the United States in the top ten. In fact, it doesn't even land in the top twenty. The United States has been moving down on this list for years and is now at the rank of 25. And this isn't a recent change. We have seen approximately since 1970, coincidentally, that the income levels of the top 1% versus the top, bottom 90% have been moving in the wrong direction. If we take a look at this chart from WTF happened in 1971, we can see that the bottom 90% of earners. Their wages, their earnings, their income has stagnated, while the top one percent has now surpassed it. And if you just since you're not seeing the chart as a listener, basically the bottom ninety percent、uh, was had a higher earnings overall than than the top one percent for a long time. And then in 1970, suddenly the gap from that point on changed to where now the the top one percent. Out earns the entire bottom ninety ninety percent by a lot. So it's 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 a striking chart. So, so essentially,、chart. when we close the gold window, yes, the yes. enriching of the of the elite、uh, it went parabolic. Exactly. I mean, one of the things I would like to tell the listeners is when you buy a twenty dollar Liberty from us, you should have a little bit of anger after listening to what you can listen to. You should have a little bit of anger that you actually have to that, that Joe and I have a business where we sell this to you because it should be the money. Now it's not Joe and Jason's fault that we're selling this because this is a survival of the fittest at this point in time. But you should be have a little angst every time you have to buy a twenty dollar gold piece and not and know that that should be the money, Joe. That's that's why nineteen seventy one and nineteen thirty these are important dates. 
Let me uh, let me continue. Now that chart showed the overall trend, but it becomes even more apparent when we look at individual examples. People like Timothy Geithner. Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, regulators making rules and laws as complex as possible, so that they have expertise that can be hired at a high price when they're out of office, or when they can make hundreds of millions of dollars in speaking fees. And an even more recent example of this comes down to the recent CIA director Gina Haspel, who just joined the board of arms manufacturer BAE Systems. Shockingly, just in time for BAE to become the chief supplier of artillery to Ukraine. But it gets even worse than that. If we take a look at this list, you can see the net worth of. Everybody in Congress, and when you start to see Congress people with net worths of tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, again, these people, many of them, have done nothing but worked in public service for their entire careers. You know something is wrong. And on that chart, they're showing uh, uh, senators and House representatives. Uh, the top, the top twenty, uh, all have hundreds of millions of dollars in net worth. And then uh, tens of millions of dollars, and that list only goes down to like the top fifty. And obviously, there's about five hundred of these guys. All of them, Joe, millions of dollars, and almost all of them have just had uh, public service as as a senator as, as their main thing for their entire careers. It's uh, well, and let's not forget uh, G. Edward Griffith, uh, his book Creature from Jekyll Island. How did how did the bankers reassert uh, control and get that charter? Well, they they they. They essentially stacked uh, the Congress, and, and, right. and that's what we're, we, we have going on now, right? The wealthy are stacking the Congress. Uh, they, if, uh, if it's uh, the congressman or woman themselves, uh, if, if they're not, you know, like Nancy Pelosi, oh, well, you know, obviously she was rich before, but, you know, her husband's rich, right? I mean, that's how they do it, right? It, it, well, I may not be rich, but my wife is, or I may not be rich, oh, but my boy. husband is, right? He's going to get into that one, Joe, here pretty soon, believe it or not, the spousal riches. That, that's, that's a great point, Joe. And, and, and I, listen, just full disclosure, I have not heard this at all, so this is... <laughs> Joe knows this stuff. <laughs> That's all he has to do is hear one guy t talk in his language. And uh, so let's play. Let's get a few more minutes in before the end because it likes to at 10 minutes. That's when it gets this. This is when your, your brain is going to boil is after the 10 minute mark. So let's, let's go a couple more minutes. As Nassim Taleb points out in his book, having rich people in public office is very different from having public people become rich. It's the sequence that matters. Now, how do these people get so wealthy, you might ask? Well, it's not because they're geniuses or they've invented things or they are out there providing massive value to the world, creating large companies that many people want to work for and many people want to buy things from. Far from it. They're creating laws and regulations, and here's the key, they are investing accordingly. And there have been entire services and platforms now dedicated to going and finding all of the trades that Congress people are making so that they can follow along because they are outperforming the stock market consistently and significantly. Here's a recent tweet by QuiverQuant, who has identified the key areas, sectors, and industries that Congress members on both sides of the aisle have reported hundreds of trades in this year. Now, you might be thinking, well, surely this has to be illegal, right? And no. 
Unfortunately, it's not. There was a law passed called the Stock Act that was neutered just a year later, and even the slight rules involved in that have been found to have been violated by up to 66 members of Congress with insider trading. Now, last year Nancy Pelosi was asked about this, and she was asked if they should consider any ban on Congress people trading individual stocks. Here was her response. Because this is a free market, and people. We are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. Rules for thee, but not for me. Just a few weeks ago, she was asked further, specifically about the trades that her husband has been making because he's been one of the most successful ones out there in outperforming the stock market, trading on things that just magically happen to pass through Congress at some point later on. So she was asked, "Has your husband ever traded on inside information that has been provided to him by you?" And here was. Was her response.、Uh, over the course of your career, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information he received from you? No, absolutely not. Extremely convinced. Yeah, she.、Uh, no, 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 no. Poppycock. <laughs> she, she, Poppycock. <laughs> she grabs the mic and bends it down and walks away. That's what she did on that comment, Joe. So we got a little more of this when we get back. Joe, we'll reset the table when we get back to the commercial. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, and 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 you're just seeing the arrogance、uh, of these people.、Uh, Nancy Pelosi、uh, comes from a very wealthy family, and and let's face it, they think they deserve to enrich themselves. It gets way、uh, worse, too, Joe. It gets way worse.、Uh, uh, obviously, obviously. Nobody's saying that you can't participate. If they want to, like, have a four hundred one k, like the rest of us, fine.、Uh, you get to check a box. That's it.、Uh, blind trust uh, things that uh, you are not allowed to enrich yourselves and, and buy. You know, obviously, because listen, she's speaker of the house. She knows exactly、uh, what companies are going to benefit. Because that's what our government does now, right? We we pick out. Winners and losers.、Uh, don't forget. Remember the Federal Reserve cases, right? We had all these Fed governors resign because they were you know, insider trading. Well, like three weeks ago,、uh, the Fed came back. You know what? We looked at it. Nah, it was fine. Don't worry. They 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 they, they didn't do anything wrong.、Uh, so、uh, let's just move on. It, it, it's really. Uh, it's disgusting, is what it is.、Uh, we would all go to prison for these types of things.、Yep. Uh, and then I also want to mention too. He talks about、uh, Nassim Taleb. He he was the black, author of the Black Swan.、Uh, he was、uh, way out in front of the、uh, the of the housing financial crash.、Uh, very 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 well respected、uh, when it comes to economics. Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. So let's let's continue on with this because he's going to give an example of what he's talking about. Because we all talk about corrupt politicians. Well, why do you why do you hear this? You you, you want to know why、uh, Nancy Pelosi is in Taiwan? He's basically he's not going to say it out loud, but he's going to he's going to show you、uh, some stuff. So let's let's continue on. Wasn't it? So, like I said earlier, this is not just unfair, though it is. If they should be allowed to insider trade, 
then it should be wide open for anybody. They should be the last ones on the planet that are legally allowed to trade on insider information. And it's not just about inequality because there's a difference in inequality. There's some inequality that's born out of merit and born out of providing a service or value to society and being rewarded as a result, getting rich from that. Nobody's going to resent you for that. But there's a big difference between that, getting into a position of power, changing the rules to make life and business harder for everybody else and making riches off of the ones that you privileged and you supported by your position of power. Big difference there, and it needs to stop. But it's not even about just that. Like I said in the beginning, it's actually coming down to a matter of life and death. So where am I going with this? Take a look at this recent report. Just days ago, the United States Congress passed a long-awaited bill to boost chip makers in the U.S. in order to compete with China. The bill provides a stimmy check or a welfare check or a giant handout of $52 billion in your money for U.S. production of semiconductors. It also includes a tax credit for chip plants estimated to be worth about $24 billion. And finally, it would authorize $200 billion over 10 years to boost scientific research to better compete with China. Now, coincidentally, right around the same time, some new reports of trading of chip makers came out from none other than Paul Pelosi. Now, it shows that he sold a trove of shares for a loss of $300,000. However, he could still own as much as $6.5 million. This is because the ranges of dollar amounts of shares in companies that Congress people are required to report are so big that they're basically meaningless. Now, at first glance, this might seem a little bit odd because he's known about this legislation for months now, and that is true. And he has been accumulating shares of uh, chip makers for this entire time since the bill was first introduced. Likely what this is, and I can't confirm this because we don't have transparency into these trades and these portfolios, but likely what is going on here is something called tax loss harvesting. If you know that an individual sector is going to perform pretty well over the future, but you have positions that are currently at a loss, one thing you can do is sell one of your positions to take that loss for tax purposes and reinvest those proceeds into another stock in the exact same sector. And just last month, as this bill moved towards a vote, Pelosi bought between 1 and 5 million of NVIDIA shares. This means that you can still have exposure to the upside of the other companies while taking the benefit of the tax deductions you get from the losses of the one specific company you sold. Now hang with me here because it's about to get evil. Another report within the last few days to come out is that the United States is expanding its China chip ban. Restrictions on China's access to chip making gear is tightening as Washington bans the sale of most gear that can fabricate chips of 10 and 14 nanometers. So follow the chain with me here and then we'll put the nail in the coffin. Pelosi and many others start stockpiling American chip makers. 
Finally, the bill gets pushed through Congress. Right around that same time, a ban comes out on Chinese chip makers. Now we know about supply and demand, where if the supply of something goes down and demand stays the same, the price is gonna go up. And so, if we can't get as many chips from China as we used to, and we can only get them from American sources, those American companies should do pretty well. And here's the nail in the coffin: the last. Couple of weeks, we have seen a major flip-flopping back and forth from our government about whether we would support Taiwanese independence, protect it from a Chinese invasion and full takeover, or whether we are fully on China's side, supporting reunification, the One China policy. Recently, over the last few months. Biden was asked flat out whether he would support militarily Taiwanese independence. He said yes, and then the White House had to walk that statement back. Over the last few days, Nancy Pelosi's travel plans, which included originally a stop in Taiwan, were then canceled. She was going to try and sneak in, and now when the Chinese found out about it, now she's saying she's going to go there officially. And, and that, that's pretty much the end of it. He talked a little bit about what we can do, but you know. Nancy Pelosi knows her appearance in Taiwan. What's that? What that that's going to do the Chinese outlook on things and how that could push uh, a complete cancellation of us、uh, buying Chinese chips if、uh, Chinese、uh, to move in in、uh, what's say October, Joe, to、uh, take over Taiwan, right? And and, and just to highlight this、uh, for for the record, so you guys can understand where I'm coming from on this, because this was needless. This was nothing more than PR. Uh, Nancy Lo- Pelosi's little swan song here, so she can feel important about herself.、Uh, her next stop today, she went to South Korea. The South Korean president,、uh, no nowhere to be found. Matter of fact,、uh, oh, I'm on holiday.、Uh, wanted no part of Nancy Pelosi because he didn't want to. Hey, all that's going to do is make China upset after the stunt you just pulled. I- I'm I- I'm out of here. Causing a lot of tensions and a lot of people could die if a war starts, right, Joe? Just more, more, and more nonsense. Well, but hey, guess what? Her and her husband are going to be able to enrich themselves over it. So、uh, I guess it's worth it. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Huge sale today. Twenty dollar gold piece. Got gold down fifteen dollars. I'm going to have twenty dollar gold pieces down. Thirty, thirty dollars off, twenty one ninety five at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Small business confidence levels hit a new all time low. Inflation expectations, new all time highs. Robinhood, remember Robinhood? They were the you know the big.、Uh, well, they they made a bunch of money when、uh, the the government was handing anybody. Money.、Uh, a lot of younger people were taking their money and putting it into Robinhood.、Uh, looks like that's over. They're cutting almost twenty-five percent. So one in four people at Robinhood are out of a job today. Geico says it's closing all offices in California and laying off all of its workers in California. They'll still offer insurance in California, Jason, but you're going to have to do it online.、Uh, kind of an interesting move there, as more and more people fleeing、uh, California. Well, let's face it—you know, you got to pay way too much. 
The taxes are way too high. Uh, so Geico announcing some mass, mass layoffs. And not to be outdone, central banks continuing to put the gold away. Added 59 metric tons in the month of June, uh, Jason. So uh, once again, uh, central banks uh, continuing uh, to be buying gold and, and the largest uh, uh, purchasers this time around, Iraq. It's the first time I've seen them. So uh, this is uh, Iraq's first purchase into gold in, in years, adding uh, to its total gold reserves, uh, Uzbekistan, Turkey, India, uh, all these other regular buyers as well. Of course, uh, China also saying uh, that they have stepped up purchases, but not officially, right? Because, you know, China, we know the gold purchases are way up, but, of course, uh, they're not officially saying that they're central bank purchases, Jason. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw the central banks in with the politicians. You know, they, they have the inside information. We just heard the whole thing. So if uh, central bankers are buying gold, Joe, I'm guessing they're expecting it to go up. I don't know why they would buy it to go down, right? Well, it, well, let's put it this way. You know how many uh, central banks sold gold? I'd say zero. Zero. <laughs> zero. Yep, you got it. Zero. Not, 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 yeah. a, not a single seller. And, and sometimes you get some. Uh, just so they can mint some coins. They may sell, you know, a metric ton, so they've got some coins to, to mint. Uh, but, nope, uh, zero was the number. And then really quickly, California Water Futures hits a new all-time record high, $1,144 per acre fit, uh, foot. Uh, by the way, that is 56% higher than the start of this year. California water now costs 350% more since 2020. And, Jason, it's just a matter of time. Uh, water wars are going to be breaking out everywhere. Supply and demand, it's that simple. That's uh, why we're Joe and I in gold. You know, it's a precious metal. No matter what the economic conditions are, there's only so many ounces per uh, human on Earth. There's only so much. And uh, water has become, uh, whether it be a forced issue or whether it's just an absolute shortage, it's it's not in supplies that are necessary for the people living in California, Arizona, the West, uh, and all over the planet, really, uh, it, where you're starting to see a, a spring well, yeah, of water. Yeah, in Germany, uh, the Rhine River, which is a major uh, barge traffic for, for Germany, the water is at a, a record low. Well, I guess it's nearing an all-time record low and saying that the water now is uh, so low that barges can no longer be full. So they've got to take containers off, and they said that they're two inches away from making it impossible for barges to even go down the Rhine River. So uh, more problems in Europe, Jason. And I know some people might say it's overpopulation. There's more people, uh, you know, there's more animals needed, and that's what's depleting. But it seems to be going down very quickly at a very short time span, Joe. It doesn't seem very natural. You know, I understand if you want to play the whole overcrowded and too many farm animals to water and all that, too many crops for the people to eat. But it sure seems like the water supplies have been going very quickly. It's been going down, but it seems like it's been accelerated to Joe at a high rate. 
and I don't think there's that many more people in the last couple of years, but suddenly water's gotten really crazy. Yeah, and it, and it seems like it, it, it's crazy everywhere all at once, which is a, a very uh, hard to, to really think about and put your uh, a, a finger on these things. And, and again, I know a lot of our listeners uh, feel like a lot of this has been manipulated. It is all manipulated. It's it's an important commodity to take care of. You know, it's, there's uh, there's you got You got to keep your eye on it. And uh, you know, it's, I'm telling you, Joe, you got to have water. Water affects every single thing uh, that you can possibly think of. I mean, we talk about oil and energy affecting everything. Water is probably even more sensitive to everything around you. Yeah, just real quickly, uh, uh, just for the crypto space people, uh, Celsius. Uh, they're one of the major uh, players or was one of the major players in the crypto uh, regime. They filed for bankruptcy protection, uh, $25 billion. They're down to uh, less than $140 million to be doled out between 1.7 million customers Everyone's going to learn the hard way when it comes to your crypto. If, you're, if your place goes under, you're going to end up with a big fat zero. Just be careful in that crypto space. Picture Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 800 $20 gold pieces. Big sale today. $30 off. $21.95 at 800 951 You guys know what to do. Just call up. I want the special. That's all you need to say. Uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, just a, a quick update on Celsius because I got it a little wrong. They've got $167 million cash on hand. They owe its users $4.7 billion. Uh, and by the way, they say the $167 million will allow it to support operations. Uh, the top 50 unsecured creditors... Uh, whatever's left, they're going to get it. They're in line first. 100,000 creditors are going to be left with nothing. And I want to point out, when you when you have uh, things at, at places like Celsius, all in the fine print, you're acknowledging that you're loaning them your cryptocurrency. Just like when you put money in the bank, it's the same. It's the same premise. When you put money in the bank, you are acknowledging, "Hey, I'm loaning this money to the bank." Of course, the way it goes is, "Hey, when I want, when I request it, you, I can take my money out." Uh, well, right up until they go insolvent, Jason. Right. Well, and and, and uh, how many times have we covered, even with the commercial, the Dodd Frank uh, situation, which describes what you're saying is happening with Celsius, and uh, it's uh, once again, it's it's always nice for those uh, those those people in control to to watch somebody else exercise that first before they have to do it. Right. So uh, I'm sure they're yeah. All eyes and are uh, just another example. Listen, crypto's not gold. Gold doesn't go to zero. Mm-mm, never. Gold doesn't ever. Ever. Never. 
It never ever, will. It's, ever. it's always, you know, it doesn't have a lot of industrial uses, but it still can be used as something too. Gold is usually just for wealth and, and preserving uh, money, uh, you know, in, in a safe place. But Joe, it's it can be used for things. You know, it's just very expensive to be used. So it'll never have a zero value. Crypto is, yeah, a, is and a, an I, idea. And I, I just point this out because listen, I don't know what's going to happen during the next crash. But whatever the government decides to do with its digital currency, just know there's a potential for you to lose whatever you have in crypto if they say, hey, they're worthless, they're not worth anything, you can't trade it, right? There's there's nothing behind it. Uh, again, remember what's behind you know, well, there's a computer program that ran that that, that, that ran to get you this electronic token. Uh, and again, some of them will survive, some of them won't. Uh, if you're unlucky and you have it in the wrong place, plan to lose everything. So uh, I'm not saying, uh, hey, stay away from crypto. What I'm saying is only risk what you can afford to lose. Right, Jason? Well, yeah, Joe. It could be like the movie It's a Wonderful Life, uh, the, the, the part where uh, George Bailey's going to go on his honeymoon. He's happy. Uh, but wait, well, wait a minute. The, uh, the building alone, the depression's hitting. And the banks, you know, they have their doors locked. They have no money there. And he comes in. He's trying to calm everybody down in the community. Well, Potter's given 50 cents per uh, per, per share. Better to get 50% than nothing. Why do I get the feeling that when they shut off crypto, well, you can move it over into the Federal Reserve uh, crypto. We'll give you 50, 50% value. Something like that, Joe, right? You know, could be. Could very well be. 800 951 